Opening his pack, he prepared his camp on the golden tiles of the temple's floor, with the great door still securely latched against all comers. Drifting eventually into a sounder sleep than he could have known in the blue-litten spaces outside, he did not even mind the hellish octopus-headed bulk of the great Tulu, fashioned of unknown metal and leering with fishy sea-green eyes which squatted in the blackness above him on its monstrously hieroglyphed pedestal. H.P. Lovecraft, The Mound Hello everybody and welcome to the channel. Out of ammo, out of time. I'm Krabby Terror 8 and today we're going to explore the background lore and stories which underpin the Forgotten Age campaign for Arkham Horror the Card Game. This video, or audio, is also an introduction to the third season of the Flavortext podcast, where Kevling and I examine the intersection between lore, story, and gameplay in Arkham Horror the Card Game, scenario by scenario, campaign by campaign. Now, in this video I intend to cover the following. 1. The historical background to the stories by H.B. Lovecraft, which underpin this campaign. The Nameless City the Mound, and the Shadow Out of Time, and this will include a brief summary of the key plot points of these stories. 2. The analysis of themes and ideas which connect these three stories. And 3. Finally, without spoilers, how these themes and ideas might come to life in the Forgotten Age campaign in terms of gameplay and narrative. So by the end of this brief video, you'll be able to tackle the Forgotten Age fully informed and ready to explore. Now, spoilers, if you want to know absolutely nothing about what to expect in the Forgotten Age, then I would recommend that you stop this video right now and play the campaign. It has come to be appreciated as one of the best in the game. Personally, I wish I'd known this information before starting, as it would have made the experience richer and more engaging. So, without further ado, let's dive in, shall we, with Chapter 1, historical background, and stories. Now, unlike campaigns such as the Dunwich Legacy, the Edge of the Earth, and the Innsmouth Conspiracy, the Forgotten Age campaign is not based on a single story by H.P. Lovecraft. The designer notes to this excellent campaign reference three of his stories as inspiration for the Forgotten Age, namely The Nameless City, The Mound, and The Shadow Out of Time. Whilst there are connecting themes and ideas within these stories, which we will explore later, the stories are not connected in time nor design. The Nameless City is an early work by Lovecraft, published in November 1921 in an amateur press journal, The Wolverine. This work therefore represents Lovecraft's early writing, which is more heavily influenced by Lord Dunsany, Edgar Rice Burroughs and Edgar Allan Poe. Relating the adventure of a lone explorer and his camel in the desert, this is the first story which explicitly mentions details which would become known as the Cthulhu mythos. Specifically, the story references the mad Arab Alzared, who would pop up time and again in Lovecraft's work, especially in relation to the blasphemous Necronomicon. In this story, an unnamed narrator describes in the first person his adventures in discovering an ancient civilization buried in the Arabian desert. The city and its stories have been lost to deep antiquity, 
yet it is shunned by the locals. So, with great trepidation, our hero equips himself with important provisions and sets out to discover the secrets within. What he discovers is both shocking and horrifying. The existence of a civilization of reptile-like creatures, which it seems have not died out. The Shadow Out of Time was published in June 1936 in Outstanding Stories and represents the author at the height of his power. This novella details an amazing tale of alien time and space travel through mind transfer and the exploration of alien civilizations set against the vast backdrop of cosmic history. The sheer scope of the novella means that it is often hailed as one of Lovecraft's greatest works. Despite this, Lovecraft himself was dissatisfied with the finished manuscript. In this story, Nathaniel Wingate Peasley, a professor of political economy at Miskatonic University, recounts his strange and unnerving experiences of dreams and visions of another civilization, the Yithians. Unsure whether he is insane or really experiencing life in an alien civilization, Nathaniel searches for answers to his affliction, finding he's not alone in his experiences. He then goes on to obsessively research Yithian culture and technology. The Yithian race who existed on Earth in the distant past before humans were tall, cone-like entities of great intelligence and technological prowess. Nathaniel comes to discover that Yithians are able to possess the bodies of humans in the present who simultaneously inhabit their bodies in a distant past. This is the source of the all-too-real dreams and visions, but whether ultimately such experiences are real or part of a feverish imagination is never finally resolved. Finally, The Mound, a lesser-known Lovecraft work, was ghostwritten in 1929, and not published until 1940 after Lovecraft's death. The full text of the novella was not made available, actually, until 1989. The story revolves around two sets of intertwining adventures, that of an ethnologist in the present day, that is, present-day 1920s, who relates the discovered manuscripts of a Spanish adventurer, Zamacona and his detailed exploration of the ancient and shockingly decadent subterranean civilization of Kenyan. In this story, the ethnologist visits the town of Binga, Oklahoma, in 1928 to research and investigate the strange hauntings of the local mound. The mound is a place of legend and fear, and our trusty ethnologist, equipped with a strange talisman, discovers a set of manuscripts by 15th century Spanish adventurer Panfilo de Zamacona. Zamacona relates in great detail his expedition from Mexico to North America and his discovery of an advanced underground civilization called the Kingdom of Kenyan. The civilization is laid out in great detail in the manuscript in terms of social customs, religions, mores, science and technology. While Zamacona is enthralled by their advanced knowledge, their ancient civilization, as he sees it, is regressing into a baser form, beholden to warped and decadent appetites and amusements, such as sadistic fights in a Colosseum-style venue, body modification and mutilation, and wild religious orgies. As this became rather too much for the Catholic Zamacona, he endeavoured to escape with the help of Tala Yub, a female Kenyanian native, who knew of a secret entrance to the surface world. 
Things don't go according to plan, however, and their escape is discovered. It is during one of these attempted escapes that the cylinder containing the manuscripts was deposited. The ethnologist then returns to the mound to discover a steep staircase into the underground and the remnants of previous expeditions. His discovery is short-lived, however, as he flees in horror after discovering terrible entities guarding the entrance to Kanyam. So here we have three stories written at different times by Lovecraft in different ways, with varying success. So what are the themes and ideas that link these stories together? Well, let's explore that, shall we, in Chapter 2. Now, Lovecraft's central theme in most of his writing is something called cosmicism, which is the idea of complete human unimportance in the vastness of space and time. This philosophy is at play here in these works, where our protagonists appear not to benefit from their expeditions and discoveries, just the opposite. In the case of the Shadow Out of Time, for example, it is the Yithians who benefit from using humans to research and explore different moments in time and space. Likewise, in The Mound, the discovery of the Kenyan civilization by Zamakona provides that civilization with knowledge and perhaps even the means to one day invade the upper world. But such gains are not reciprocated and lead only to horror, madness and death. This runs counter to so much of our current cultural products where a central motif is nearly always that knowledge is power. That power may ultimately lead to negative outcomes such as corruption and destruction, of course, but there is rarely in our films, stories and video games an idea that the attainment of knowledge in and of itself is futile, corrupting, incomprehensible, or disempowering. A core aligned motif here is the mode of knowledge acquisition, which links these stories together around the exploration of the boundary between knowledge acquired through scholarly efforts and knowledge gained from first-hand experience. In every case, it is the former which provides the impotence to experience the latter. The acquiring of knowledge through research, whilst time-consuming and difficult, is revelatory in each case, but then this leads to actual first-hand experience, and the results are horrifying and often deadly. Finally, these stories, when linked together, posit a more holistic idea of what an expedition is. Whether it's a journey to discover an unknown temple in the desert, a set of stairs leading deep into the earth, or a projection into an alien body in another time and space, all our expeditions, all our journeys into the unknown, and all undermine the deluded centrality that human beings have of themselves within an uncaring and vast universe. Well, that's all well and good, but what does that have to do with the Forgotten Age? Well, let's explore that, shall we, in the final chapter. Now, without spoiling specifics, I think we can reasonably expect some things if these stories are being used as inspiration for the campaign. Firstly, I think we can reasonably expect that, as the name implies, there will be a great deal of expedition planning and action in this campaign. In the context of what has gone before, this makes sense. Dunwich is set in classic Lovecraft country. Carcosa is more urbane and metropolitan, but also as much a journey of the mind as anything else. So this campaign is likely to take us somewhere wild, somewhere untamed and untouched by modernity. It is likely that the very environment itself will be hostile. Just surviving outdoors will itself be a challenge. 
The stories all deal with unknown and alien cultures which have been hidden away for thousands and millions of years, cultures which will pose a challenge to understand and navigate without losing our sanity and health along the way. Will Pali prove invaluable or useless in this context? Who knows? Only time will tell. So a hostile wilderness populated by alien races who want to remain hidden. What could go wrong? To me, it sounds like it might be the most challenging campaign to date. Proceed with caution. And remember to pack well. And to borrow a famous phrase. Welcome to the jungle. So there you have it. I truly hope you found this useful. If you did, please like and follow the Flavor Text podcast as Kevling and I explore the Forgotten Age scenario by scenario. Also check out my other work on the YouTube channel Out of Ammo, Out of Time. Lots of good stuff there for Arkham Horror, the card game fans. All of this, of course, is in the show notes. So there you have it. My name is Krabby Terror 8 and I'll see you soon. Bye! 